So we return to Romans 6, verse 19, which was our text for this morning. We're going to be looking at, uh, as I gave you a little bit of a sense of things, we're going to be looking at a phrase that parallels the phrase we focused on this morning. Let me read the verse again for you, and then we'll go through it together. We will be looking at context of the chapter again, and some context in other parts of Romans as well. So please keep it marked and keep it open. Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Hear now the word of the Lord. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants, to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. So we focus this morning on that phrase, serving uncleanness, iniquity, unto iniquity, and how giving ourselves to sins builds sinful habits and makes sin reign over us, bring us to great dangerous places, even to that of death. But the, the phrase that parallels it, that Paul wants to bring us to, is rather than that, that warning, the last part of the verse, yield your members, servants, to righteousness unto holiness. It's, it's a similar phrase, though two different words. In this case, they're, they're basically synonyms. Righteousness unto holiness. Righteousness, which will build more righteousness. Holiness, which develops more holiness. And we're going to be looking about that importance of building holy habits. Well, we were shopping at Costco yesterday, and uh, it was my—it was me that uh, led my wife's eyes and my eyes over to something in the bakery. <laughs> there were these amazing-looking snickerdoodle muffins I had never seen before, with cream cheese icing and cinnamon on top. And I thought about getting them, and I tempted her a little bit, should we get them? But as you know from previous sermons, we're trying to be careful, lose some weight, be more healthy. And so, we walked away. And it's funny how much time we actually gave to looking at those things. And as soon as we walked away, it felt liberating. Now, that may sound funny, but it felt liberating. (laughs) (laughs) And we said, you see, we could do it. We did it. We said no. (laughs) We walked away beginning a new habit. We're beginning a new habit. And every time we say no and we choose the right thing, it's going to get easier and easier. We can do this. It's just like I looked at the leftover piece of blueberry pie in the church refrigerator yesterday afternoon. That's the danger of working in the church office. All the leftovers and all the sweets, right? And I looked at it on more than one occasion. (laughs) And then I walked away. Now, I did remind myself I had indulged in a piece of baklava cheesecake on a date with my wife the night before, which was lovely. And so I didn't need any more of that stuff. That's just like exercise, you know, we get ourselves to the why, not as much as we hope yet, because there's so many things with scheduling that can tend to interrupt it, but we're getting there at least once a week now, and for us, that's progress. (laughs) And it feels encouraging, and we're making progress, and we're going to get to where we do it more and more until it becomes natural, and it's feeling more natural to be there, you know, feeling, feeling like we belong there, not rather than it's some kind of a trip that we went on. (laughs) 
haven't seen you in a year, you know. And um, it's going to feel more natural as we go back regularly. You know, I make a point on Sabbath afternoons when I'm rocking one of the boys and in the evening when we're back. Uh, I make a point to discipline myself to open uh, an application I have on my phone, one of a few, that's going to open up a sermon to listen to. I have my little earbuds I'll stick on, and I'm tempted uh, to do other things, uh, even if it could just be the news or something, but I try to keep the whole day holy, and uh, I'm not trying to say that I do it perfectly, but I have found that I've made a habit, and it's no longer something I even really have to think about. It's just natural. And then I listen to some sermons, which I really need. I really need to be preached too. I need to be able to listen to another sermon. And it's becoming a natural thing now. On my Bible software that I just open every day, using for working for sermons for you and other work, um, I noticed that wherever you hit save last time, it opens up to the same scriptures. So I thought, well, the scripture that I felt compelled to start focusing on and thinking about, remember how we've talked about hide the word in your heart, and I've, I've been doing that with other scriptures and other topics, and it's been making a difference for me. So I decided the scripture I want to think about now on a different topic, I put it in there, and I hit save. I'm careful not to hit save when I'm working on other things. So every time I open the software, the first thing it is, it's boom, right there. And I think to stop, and I read it. And I'm just making that a habit. And it's becoming part of me. And it's influencing new habits. And it's influencing the way I think. It's influencing the way I feel. It's influenced the way I'm using my days. Better. Just making these little habits. Maybe these things sound elementary to you, but that's the point. It starts with those kinds of things, just starting new habits. Just as giving in to sin, that's what we looked at this morning, just as giving in to sin can make it become a hellish, habitual ruler, so giving yourself to the Holy Spirit in righteous ways learns the blessed reign of King Jesus by growing in grace through holy habits. Give that to you as a loose sense of the idea of what we're focusing on tonight within context, serving righteousness unto holiness. Let me repeat, just as giving into sin can make it become a hellish, habitual ruler, so giving yourself to the Holy Spirit in righteous ways learns the blessed reign of King Jesus by growing in grace through holy habits. Again, this is in contrast to the phrase iniquity unto iniquity that we looked at this morning and the, and the dangerous, just horrible place it can, it can bring you. When you sin and you choose sin, you're more likely to choose more sin. And you'll keep sinning more and more. It'll affect you in sinning in other ways. It'll affect other people. It will debase your mind. It'll affect your body. And for some, it'll be the danger that draws you into the pit of hell. For others, it'll be what keeps you from ever enjoying the abundant life of heaven on earth. Iniquity unto iniquity. The influence of sin itself on just sinning more. We think of that now in contrast with the phrase Paul's leading us to, to do instead. Kind of the put off the old man, put on the new. This 
focus of our verse now is righteousness unto holiness. Righteousness unto holiness. Again, they're almost synonyms. It's the same effect of what he said, iniquity unto iniquity. In that case, the same Greek word. Here, two different words, very similar, almost synonyms. Righteousness, just living unto holiness. Maybe a little bit of a development in thought. In this case, righteous living, living according to the way of the word, make the holy word makes us more and more holy unto holiness. You see, holiness has its own product also, more naturally choosing supernatural habits, and thus more fruit of the Holy Spirit. We see again also this this connection Paul makes with being servants. He says, don't be servants unto sin, iniquity unto iniquity. Instead, be servants unto righteousness, unto holiness. Instead of serving sin and Satan, now serve a good, kind, wonderful master. Build a habit of who you're going to serve, who you're going to live for, whom you're going to obey. And you only have those two options, beloved. Satan and sin and death, or Christ and righteousness and holiness. We kid ourselves, we equivocate, we lie to ourselves and others about why we're doing something, but the truth is you're either choosing to sin and follow Satan, and it is affecting you and your whole life and mind, or you're choosing to follow Christ and do what he says, and it is going to bless you and your whole life, your mind, your heart in ways that you can't imagine. You know, we talk about it with our little ones. We help them learn. When you choose to not obey, God is not going to bless your heart. One of the worst parts about it is we don't have peace in our heart. We, we change, right? Uh, kids, it's really obvious. We're maybe a little more sophisticated, but it does something to you, you see, which just makes you do more of the stupid stuff which does something to you, right? But on the other hand, we say, when you do the right thing, you see what's happening right now, and it happens, and they see it. God is blessing your heart. God is blessing your heart. That's the best part of choosing his holy ways. He's blessing your heart. He's changing your mind. He's making you more and more holy inside, which makes you only want to do these holy things more, which just blesses you more. Serve King Jesus, the good, kind, wonderful master, instead of the wicked king master of sin and what it'll do to you. You serve King Jesus, and he's just going to bless you. Uh, Look at verse 13, the second part. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. But see that yield as servants to God and his righteousness. Verses 16 through 18, leading into our verse. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. And of course, the illustration par excellence is God delivering the Israelites out of Egypt, right? It's the preface to the Ten Commandments, giving of them both times, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. And then Deuteronomy 5, it's given as the reason to honor the Lord's day, keep it holy and do not work. Rest and worship and make it holy, set apart. 
Because God has set us apart from the world. Set us apart to rest in him and worship. He saved them from serving Pharaoh to serving him. But those are your two options. Serving Satan in this world or serving Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. Those are your two options. He calls us to serve him, which is to serve righteousness, holiness, goodness. Look at verse 22. But now being made freed from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Look at that blessing there. Because you're serving God, as you serve him in righteousness unto the holiness, what happens? You have fruit. Galatians 5, fruit of the Spirit. You have more and more holiness in this life, which is a reward and a blessing. In the end, everlasting life. You might think about this. I shared with you the illustration of a man who had dry rot from practically drinking himself to death. And they pulled his boot off to try to take a look at his bum leg, and his foot came off in it. Dry rot. And he didn't even feel it, and he didn't even recognize the significance of it. He laughed. Died a, few, a little while later. You give yourself to serving King Jesus. You have his holy fruits in this life, and there's no dry rot. Instead, what does he do? He sets your feet on hinds places. He makes you like a hind. You are able to climb the rocks. This guy couldn't even get off of the floor leaning against the wall. Huge difference, beloved. Unbelievable difference in your life, in this life, and then what? Everlasting life. What is Christianity also about? The resurrection of the body. A whole new spiritual body. But if you don't know Jesus, then what happens at the resurrection? The general resurrection, those who are not in Christ, are raised in their sinful bodies. And sent to hell in them. The bodies of Christians are transformed into spiritual bodies. To reign with Christ in the new heavens and earth. You see what an enormous difference it is to be serving sin. Or to be serving your savior. An enormous difference. Look at verse 23. The wages of sin is death. Don't be serving iniquity unto iniquity. The end of it is death and eternal death. And if you know Christ and you're just not really making progress as you should in holiness, uh, you're going to be living a hell on earth and you're going to be living a life that no one envies as wanting it for their life because it looks like death. But then eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everlasting life through Jesus Christ. You know, when you see it put like that, how could anyone choose iniquity unto iniquity? May the Lord bless us to see this is, this is obvious. Choose righteousness unto holiness. But it comes down to who are you serving? And may it be that we serve King Jesus. And as we serve him in righteousness, we grow in his holiness. And then we serve him better and better, grow in holiness. But it is about beginning new habits. We're talking about the way you choose to live your life. We're talking about the way you choose to react to things. 
the regular way you live daily, the regular way you open and close your days, the way you spend the Lord's Day, the way you handle conflict. All these different things are choices we make. The way you say yes or no to temptations, the way you are proactively setting yourself up into holy ways, knowing God's ways and asking in prayer and spending time in prayer, all these things, coming to church, giving yourself to the means of grace, these are habits. And they develop long-term habits. They develop the way we tick, the way we react, the way we respond, the way we think, for good or for bad. We're talking about building holy habits and benefiting from them by choosing to serve Jesus. You know, again, 1 Corinthians 10, 34, or 31, excuse me, whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all to the glory of God. I was reminding myself this week, not because of choosing the right thing all the time. I was reminding myself, if I keep choosing not to eat that and instead to eat this, in a little while I'm going to notice more and more of a difference. And I remind you in the sermon I talked about gluttony, you have to ask yourself, is this going to glorify God? Because it's either about glorifying God or it's about glorifying me and my belly. And the scriptures warn us not to make our bellies our God. So whatever you're doing, you're going to say, am I doing this for Jesus Christ or not? And if you're choosing to do it for me, that's often speaking of yourself. If you're choosing to do it for you, a lot of the time... You may justify it. You may use all kinds of Christian speak and talk around it. But at the end of the day, it's serving you and not Jesus. If he says you do this in this situation, but you do this with all kinds of equivocation and excuses, at the end of the day, you chose iniquity unto iniquity and you're getting more of it. If you choose to do what he says in this situation... He blesses you with it. He gets you through it. He improves it. And he builds opportunity for you. But it's about what kind of habits are you going to make? What kind of habits are you going to teach to your children? Because they're watching. I want to share with you a few uh, quotes from this article called The Puritans on Habits and Spiritual Maturity by Greg E. Gifford. Greg E. Gifford, The Puritans on Habits and Spiritual Maturity. First, he points out J. Adams, not a Puritan, but is talking about the Puritans. He wrote this, one of the uh, kind of the founder of Nuthetic Modern Christian Counseling, which is only saying go back to the word of God for how we handle life. Um, he says this, the Puritans believed that habits... Habits were a means of cultivating spiritual maturity in the believer by giving a believer a greater capacity for future obedience, by uniting a believer's will to God's, and by conforming a believer to the image of Christ. Again, habit is what we do habitually, right? It's what we do, what we think, what we say regularly. We have to beat out the old habits. We have to build up the new habits. Quoting a Puritan, Peter Vink. Indeed, after conversion and regeneration, nothing increases the habits of grace more than the actings of grace. And in this natural and infused habits, do agree. They are both strengthened by acting of them. 
whatsoever grace you would have strong and lively in the soul, let it be conscientiously and frequently exercised, and it will become so. This hath many a proof amongst the children of God. There's plenty of Christians who can testify to this. If you keep choosing and doing the right thing in the scriptures, you're going to do it more and more naturally. You're going to grow in holiness and, and being blessed. Now, we know this requires the Holy Spirit. That's being assumed and understood. He's talking to Christians here. Work with the Holy Spirit. He will enable and help you as you grow and choosing the right activities. They will become more natural. And then you'll find yourself able to do other things and work on other things because these things all overlap and work together. He quotes John Gibbon. John Gibbon writes, For as frequent acts strengthen the habit of sin, iniquity unto iniquity, this morning's sermon, so the habit facilitates the acts as it relates to righteousness unto holiness. Thomas Neist, he quotes Thomas Neist, The best way to strengthen any habit is to be often repeating its acts. We cannot do anything better to increase love than to be often often acting love. We don't wait to feel it. We don't wait to get good at it. We just choose to do it. And trust the Lord will help us do it again next time because we learn how to do it. You know, for instance... The research shows, the statistics show that if you got divorced before, you're more likely to do it again, and then more likely to do it again and again. Why? Because you already did it. That's what you've established as a way of dealing with things. And on the other side of things, if you choose to work on your marriage and to work on doing the right thing, even when you don't feel it, the next thing you know, wow, it kind of did something, and then you're inclined to try to do it again and keep experimenting and growing. next thing you know, your marriage is working out. To increase love, be often acting love. So you and I like to make excuses. It's that simple, beloved. Do it. Be about obeying God. Yes, by his grace, through the blood of Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit. But don't blame God if you're not growing. That's your sinful choice. Praise God if you're growing. Because he gave you the will to serve him. Psalm 110, verse 3. By his power and the beauties of his holiness. Thomas Cole, the last quote Thomas Cole from Mr. Grifford's article. Thomas Cole writes, Frequent acts beget a habit, and frequent acts maintain it. We can never perfect holiness, but by a constant tenor in holiness going on from day to day in the practice of it. We have that phrase, practice makes perfect. So Paul calls us to walk not in death, but in resurrection life in Christ. Look at verses 3 to 5 of our chapter 6 here in Romans Verse 3, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Christ's death saves us from sin. Our being dead to the world and sin in him also brings us into his righteousness, into his resurrection, into his newness of life. Look at verses 7 and 8. For he that is dead is freed from sin. You know, we often say we feel like we're slaves to sin. You're not a slave to sin. Stop thinking that way. First of all, change the way you think. You're in Christ. You're a new creature. You're freed from sin. You're not a slave to sin. You're freed from it. Stop thinking that way. It's a lie from Satan. That's where it all starts, of course, the thoughts of your heart. Our memory verse tonight, where do sins come from? The heart. What's the first thing Jesus says? Out of the heart comes all these things. That's what defiles us. The first thing is evil thoughts. Verse 8, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And if we believe we're going to live with him, or we're going to have what verse 22 speaks about, uh, everlasting life, uh, and, and fruit in this life of holiness, then of course we're going to live that way more and more. Keep choosing how you think about yourself in Christ, and then how, therefore, you'll be living your way in Christ. As you improve habits and holiness, it's like you're getting your hair done. New clothes. Because remember, holiness is beautiful. That's what we learned last Lord's Day morning. Holiness is beautiful. So many scriptures say, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. And as you grow, I mean, some of us are better at this than others on certain things such as hygiene or keeping our hair done in certain ways or better ways. And we're not talking about, uh, you know, vanity, but some of us are just actually better at. There's a reason some of our hair and clothes looks better than others, because some of us just pay more attention to keeping it up. I'm not one to point to. You might notice about every three, four weeks, it's about time I stop looking like uh, what my wife says, Wolverine. You know, it's time to get a haircut and a beard cut. And I just don't worry about it as much. And then I'm like, yeah, I really need to. <laughs> you know. But if I was at it better, like some of you are, I'd have it trimmed and cleaned pretty regularly. It's not really that big a thing. It's just a matter of choosing and activity and being careful and then benefiting from it. But this idea of how we take care of ourselves you know, in, in things that are, you know, physical and not necessarily worldly. It's the same thing with holiness. How are you taking care of yourself? Because holiness is beautiful. And sin is ugly. It's ugly in what it is. It makes you look ugly and it just makes a life ugly. Holiness is beautiful. The habits of holiness help you grow and look better to yourself, to others. Improves your life, makes life more beautiful. Jesus said, I came to give you an abundant life. If you're not living an abundant life, it's your choice. And there's nothing happening into your, in your world that's causing you not to live an abundant life. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about living in the righteous, holiness, victory, overcoming, glory, gospel, grace of Jesus Christ, the king of the world. If he's your king that you're serving. It's just that simple beauty of holiness, the glory and blessing of obeying Jesus. I can't control the things around me, but I can control how I deal with it. I can't control others, but I can control me. 
The Holy Spirit gives me what's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Temperance. Self-control. Anybody need a little more of that? Anybody know the blessing of having self-control? I'll tell you what, I bit my tongue last week in a situation where in the past I might not have. I wouldn't have been wrong necessarily, but it wouldn't have been wise. I was glad later the Holy Spirit's given me more self-control. Think of the right place at the right time. You can grow in grace as you build the habits of growth. Regular spiritual eating, exercise, drinking, reading scriptures, living them out, and praying for God's influence. Let's talk about prayer briefly. How often are you complaining? How often are you finding yourself worrying? And how much have you actually been praying to God about it? On your knees, confessing your sins, asking for him to help you serve him correctly, trusting him for the results. Are you talking to God much about it? Prayer is one of the most important things of spiritual discipline and building holy habits. How many times do you catch yourself in the moment and just pray all day long? Pray without ceasing, Paul commands. It doesn't have to always be these. I mean, we're busy, but you can be praying in your car. I found myself praying in my car several times this week instead of reacting to the person in their car behind me the way my instinct almost made me. You know what I'm talking about? Prayer helped. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Catch yourself, oh, it's happening again. Help me, Lord, help me. Turn to him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And we understand this idea of perfecting, growing, becoming more and more just good at it. Practice makes perfect. Like the athletes that practice and practice, or the musicians practice and practice to get better and better at something. Beloved, as you practice holiness, you'll get better at it. It will not only help you build these habits, but because of the Holy Spirit working in you and changing your mind and working on your heart, you're going to be different. Sin will make you different. The Holy Spirit will make you different. Which way you want to go? Well, you have two options. What habit do you want to build in your life right now? What habit do you want to change in your life right now? you got two options. Sin and death or holiness, un- righteousness unto holiness. Serving Satan or serving Jesus. That's a daily choice. It's a moment-by-moment choice that we make. And holy habit is choosing Jesus. Does this glorify Jesus? Of course, that's the choice we have to really be thinking about. Is this about me? Or is this about Jesus? If it's about Jesus, Psalm 110, verse 4, the priest after the order of Melchizedek, then verse 3 will be true for us. 
Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Christ has life-giving power, the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit to counsel and help us and bear and grow the fruit in us. He makes his people willing. He helps us choose him more and more. And as we experience the benefits and just what happens in us and the holy growth in us by the Spirit working there, and then all the benefits of life, it doesn't fix everything, but it fixes us in working with everything. And that, beloved, is the best thing you could ever have. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. King Jesus has the power to change your life. Are you harnessing it? By habitually obeying him and his righteous word unto holiness. The people shall be willing. Where there's a will, there's a way with Jesus. And the way is God's word. Regularly studying and prayerfully putting it into use in your life. One morning, noon, and night at a time. Until you've built up a week and a month and a quarter and a year and a decade and a life. Encouraged by Ecclesiastes. I take such a hope and encouragement in this verse. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. We can always change. We can always start choosing. I'm done with that. I'm getting off that ride. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Jesus carry me now. Psalm 119, verse 11. Hide God's word in your heart that you would not sin against him. But of course, the opposite is also understood and implied. Hide God's word in your heart to live righteousness and holiness for him more and more, better and better. As you let his light more and more into your eyes and your heart, you will glow more and more as the light of the world. And as you remember from Ephesians, the things that love darkness will not dwell there anymore because they hide from the light. Like cockroaches. Be walking in the Spirit, Galatians 5.25. Bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5. By walking in the Holy Spirit. If we say we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Beloved, over time, the holy hike that you set yourself upon gets more and more manageable and exhilarating. It takes you to new heights and new vistas, and they become your new regular stomping grounds. Because righteous holiness can become a holy habit. This is empowering. This is encouraging. Righteous holiness can become a holy habit. When you step out there at this moment, actually I should say right now where you are, what are you fighting in your heart? What are you doubting in your heart? 
Take that step right now and choose righteous thinking unto holy living. And let Jesus Christ rock your world, for he is the rock of our salvation. This is the message for you this evening. Yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. This is the message. Righteous holiness can become a holy habit. It's a whole different life on the way to eternal life. Let us pray. Almighty God, please help us to kill the old man and put off the old man. Help us not give our members to serving uncleanness unto iniquity, unto iniquity. Rather, let us serve you, Lord God, and righteousness unto holiness. We bow before you, Lord King Jesus. We confess with our tongues that you are Lord. We offer up ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. We are crucified in Christ. We live for you now. And to live for you is the best life there is. And to live with you is eternal life. Lord, help us to hear you this evening. As Paul said, we looked at this morning in the chapter, should we sin that grace may abound? Twice he says, God forbid. Do not let grace be an occasion to sin. Sin will take you down and out and destroy you even unto death. Lord, help us to choose life. Help us to choose Christ. Help us to start with how we're choosing to think at this moment. And let us be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we would know what is your good and perfect and acceptable will. And to live it and enjoy the holy, blessed life that comes with living in it. We pray you would bless us by the blood of Christ. By the Holy Spirit in us. That you would be with us and encourage us to believe these things. For you speak truth. Your words will never fade away. We lift this up to you in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all your people said. Amen.